Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. All right, everyone. We are in Luke chapter 2 today for our soap devotional. I hope you've all been enjoying um, this uh, this style and way of doing soap where we are looking into the coming of Christ, uh, Christ on the earth, his return, his rule. And it's so awesome to just kind of dive into uh, select verses to just get nutrients from the word. So today, I'm just giving you a couple of seconds so you can turn. It's Luke chapter 2, verse 13. It's a continuation from yesterday. I know yesterday, I believe, it stopped at verse 12. <clears throat> and it's all about the birth of Jesus. So we're going to be in the gospel of Luke. Uh, something cool about the gospel of Luke uh, is actually a two-part book. Uh, Luke was a doctor when he was alive. And he was a very comprehensive, very detailed person, which is, uh, you know, where the book of Luke got its name as the comprehensive gospel. And it's a two part with the book of Acts. So back in the day, you had 30 feet of paper to write on. The book of Luke was about 30 feet long. And then he started writing Acts afterwards because basically he wrote Luke, ran out of room, started the book of Acts which I think is so very cool that he was uh, so comprehensive and detailed in his writings, which is why if you look at the different gospels uh, recounting uh, the birth of Jesus, the foretelling of Jesus, the life of John the Baptist and all these great things, uh, you'll notice that it kind of covers different details. But then Luke, it's like, oh man, you legit have a prescription. You legit have like, you know, your five points. You've got all the details inside of the book of Luke. So it's so cool. Uh, we're going to dive into verses 13 through 20 today. I think I have stalled long enough for you to turn there. <laughs> so we're going to pray. We're going to dive in. And uh, yeah, if anything stands out to you guys, I've got the chat open on the side. If you have any questions, I've got it open right over here. So drop it in the chat. I'll do my best to answer. If I can't answer, I'll try and find you an answer later on. Amen. All right. So Father, we come to you this morning so very grateful that we can dive into your word together. And Lord, uh, your word says that uh, it's a glory of kings. Uh, it's a glory of a king to conceal a matter, and it's the glory of kings to search a matter out. So, Lord, we know you conceal, you uh, hide, you bury revelation about yourself inside of your word, and it's to your glory that you hide it because it's our glory when we find it. And we know, Holy Spirit, you are the great revealer. So I just pray that you would reveal the truth of scripture, the truth of Jesus to us this morning. And Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would speak to every individual listening, because we know it's one of your favorite things to do, to reveal Jesus, to speak to our hearts, to renew our minds as we read your word. So Lord, we just pray, do that this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, I pray this pretty much every time I... uh I give a word that the Holy Spirit would speak 
because I can sit here, I can break down scripture, I can give you the Greek, I can give you all the beautiful hermeneutics, but at the end of the day, uh, it's not my voice, it's not a pastor's voice, it's not a teacher's voice that you want to hear. You want to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. So listen, let's just posture our hearts towards heaven right now. Let's posture our minds towards him because where we posture ourselves, his presence shows up. All right. Verse 13. Let's do it. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So very awesome. So if anything stands out to you, drop inside of the chat. You got to open right here. Uh, I'll just give a little bit of context. Uh, I always like doing context behind the text because if you take the Bible out of context, it um, is a little scary. <laughs> so we want to hold everything in weight of itself. So versus prior yesterday's soap, uh, we are looking into how an angel appeared to shepherds uh, after Jesus was born. And they were saying, hey, don't be afraid. Go into the town of David, go into Bethlehem, and there you're going to find a baby inside of a manger wrapped in cloth. And as this angel is speaking to the shepherds, this is where verse 13 shows up. And it says, suddenly, because the shepherds were more than just uh, a few dudes going to see a baby in a manger, right? Like there's a reason why God is talking about these uh, random, I should say random people, but these chosen people to go visit Jesus. Uh, it's because these men would stand as signs to Jesus, it's like stand as signs that he was the son of God. If you could put yourself in Mary's shoes, put yourself in uh, probably this scared teenager spot where she's a virgin. Yes, she's pregnant. In a day where that was absolutely scandalous. You know what I mean? Like, because it, it, it's uh, it's a little bit scandalous today too. But back then it was like unheard of. Don't do like, it is uh, probably a traumatic uh, uh, law to break. And here she is going through this situation, laying there, the baby's now in her arms. And imagine all the thoughts and emotions, the pure joy that's around her because she just gave birth to this beautiful child. But then on the other side of, okay, is this really the mission? Is this really what's going on? Is this really the son of God? Did I really hear from God? Joseph, are you sure? Joseph, are you sure you heard too? Did we hear wrong? Like it could just be us. Is it us? Because I don't know about you, because I know I'm in the presence of angels. So I'm, I might just have to humanize us a little bit just for a moment. <laughs> uh, when God speaks, sometimes I question. When God speaks, sometimes I think, um, was that really him? 
was that really him uh, uh, pushing me or pulling me in a certain direction? And this is where confirmation becomes so important. The shepherds were an act of confirmation for Mary that, yeah, this is real. Yeah, by the way, you are chosen. Yes, uh, uh, daughter of God, you have favor on your life to raise the son of God. And the shepherds were confirmation for her. Because if you could imagine her sitting there with this child and then suddenly all <laughs> here come the shepherds showing up on the scene saying, glory to God in the highest. Look at this young man. We have some gifts for him. <laughs> so I think it's such a cool story that when you think about it, these men, these shepherds would bring courage to a young girl who is about to take on the task of her life, who is about to raise the son of God and not only raise him, lose him once, <laughs> not only lose him once, but uh, have to see him go to the cross one day and take him down and bury him. And I know she wasn't sitting there holding this baby, looking at the crucified Jesus, but this is what he would become. And the confirmation and the courage that comes with it is so very powerful. So that's kind of the context of these guys coming, why the Bible is kind of highlighting them. Let's break this thing down verse by verse now. Verse 13, the first word, suddenly. Oh man, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, suddenly is probably one of my favorite sermons to preach from scripture. Oh my goodness. As I was making this soap, I was going back through sermons over the past however many years, and I realized how many preached and unpreached suddenly messages I had. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like if we don't just serve a God of suddenly. And if you looked at yesterday's soap, and both today's so like this is like mirror back to back. I love this. Yesterday, it was talking about how an angel showed up to the shepherds suddenly, right? And they were afraid when he showed up. But then today, the heavenly hosts, which you know, we're not going to dive too much into that part, but they show up suddenly as well. And Fusion Church, my people, we serve the God of suddenly. He shows up suddenly all throughout scripture. He shows up suddenly all throughout our lives. Like Acts chapter two, you have the 120 believers inside of the upper room doing what Jesus said, wait on him until they're clothed in power so that they can go. And then here comes the clothing of power suddenly like a mighty rushing wind upon the church. God shows up suddenly like he did uh, Acts chapter nine when Saul was on the road to Damascus with a few people. And out of nowhere, this light shines, blinds him, and his voice shows up saying, Saul, why do you persecute me? Saul, why do you kick against the goad? Saul, why are you fighting against the purpose that I made you for? And all of a sudden, God knocked the S off his name and put a P on it because it suddenly can show up and change your identity. It's just like uh, I'm pulling from like my scripture Rolodex here. Acts 16, <laughs> where... Uh, uh, Paul and Silas are inside of a prison. They're locked up for sharing and preaching the gospel. And as they're sitting inside of the prison, rather than being afraid of what is going to come, rather than sitting there in fear, like, Silas, what are your final words? Silas, do you have a letter to your family? Paul, do you have a letter to your family? They sat there and they made a decision. No, we are going to praise God in the middle of this prison. We're going to turn the prison into a praise break. And they're sitting inside of this prison and they start to worship. And when the worship starts, suddenly there's an earthquake and the chains start breaking, the doors start opening and God brings freedom. You serve the God of suddenly. 
he suddenly shows up inside of our lives. And it doesn't feel like suddenly very often because suddenly many times is backed by decades of prayer. Suddenly so many times is partnered with seeking and waiting on God. So in serving the God of suddenly, I have an application point for you this morning. When you serve a God suddenly, you have to keep watch and worship. You have to keep watch and worship. Throughout the Bible, you will see, <coughs> excuse me, allergies are through the roof right now. <laughs> through the Bible, you will see that uh, Jesus commands something, keep watch. And we are to keep watch for him. You know, when he talks about the signs of the times, when he talks about the signs of uh, what's to come, what's happening in the world, he doesn't say uh, just watch uh, doom and gloom. He says, watch for me. And we're to keep watch for God. Uh, a few nights ago, uh, it was a late night. I think it was right after Jingle Jam. Uh, Sunday night after our teams rocked out. Come on, if anyone was at Jingle Jam, they were incredible. And there was this really beautiful woman on stage. I'm not going to name her name or anything. <laughs> Shannon, my wife, who rocked out at Jingle Jam. <laughs> and uh, I can't cheerlead her enough. And we get done. And I had to do a little bit of work on my truck. I was having a coolant leak. So we get done and I drive over to Walmart. She goes home and I go in, I'm getting all my stuff and I'm in the car pushing it outside and I'm walking out next to this woman and she's on the phone. And of course I let her go first out the exit and I follow behind her and we just get into the parking lot. She's parked up towards the front. And of course, my truck is a little bit further back. I didn't really want people getting involved in me trying to work on it because good Samaritans are incredible. As soon as you open the hood, you get like 40 people standing around your vehicle. And I don't know about you. I just kind of want to work on my car. <laughs> Love y'all. Thank you. Just want to get my stuff done. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, I'm traveling behind this woman and I look up and I see her car <laughs> and all I hear is her yell. She goes, you have got to be kidding me. And she's like, I I I'll call you back. It hangs up the phone. I thought something horrible happened. And I'm like, all right, my night just changed. Whoever the stranger is needs help. I look up and her car is here. Her back passenger window is all the way down. And her probably eight-year-old, nine-year-old, 10-year-old son is standing up outside of the window of the car, short sleeve shirt. And I mean, he looked like a meerkat, like straight up just staring at the exit of Walmart. He was standing outside of the window, like, but not outside the car, like half in the car, half out of the car. It was hilarious. And he's just staring at his mom. And she said, what are you doing outside of the car? Get in the car. And he's like, mom, I want to go home. <laughs> I just start crying. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like if I don't know about y'all, if that were me, that would have been a problem in my household. <laughs> he goes, mom, I want to go home. She's like, get in the car. We will go home. And he's like, mom, I want to play video games. I want to go home. <laughs> and she, she's yelling at him. And he's just so matter of fact. He's like, no, mom, I was keeping watch. It's too boring sitting inside of the car just waiting for you. I had to watch. And I'm pushing my cart past as I'm making a couple remarks to her. I said, I'm sorry, but your son's hilarious. I know you're upset right now, but this is so funny. <laughs> she looked at me. She was like, please don't encourage him. <laughs> She's like, this is just like the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> no worry, ma'am. No worry. But I I'm pushing my cart and walking away. And I started to think, man, if that is not such a biblical example, like that is a sermon in and of itself. 
Here's your parent bringing the goodies, getting ready to take you home. And there you are standing, keeping watch in the middle of uncomfortability, waiting for the suddenly when I get to go home. It was so cool. Like there's this kid keeping watch, giving a biblical example of I am watching out for the one who can take me home, not just to go home, but to be with that person. Right. So we want to keep watch and worship. That little boy taught me something the other night that I want to open my eyes and be ready for when God shows up. So the other second half of this verse, we have our suddenly. And then what did these heavenly hosts do? They appeared. And they were praising God. This is where our worship comes in. Keep watch and worship. Um, Acts 16, that one area that I referenced where Paul and Silas are in prison and they worship and then the prison doors open. Uh, I, I want to make note of something because so many times in our lives and, you know, we're all guilty of this, right? Like we're, we're all just going to say, yep, this is probably me today. Uh, we are waiting for doors to open. We are waiting for maybe that job to finally let us know this is okay, not okay. We're waiting for that family member to pick up the phone to reconcile a relationship. We're waiting for uh, that friend to finally say, okay, I'll come to church. <laughs> you know, okay, like, you know, my, my life is a hot mess. I will come to the one who turns my mess into a message. You know, while we're waiting for God to open a door, we have to worship in the hallway. As we are waiting for God to move, we are waiting for that suddenly moment. We have to worship him in the in-between because that is where the pure gold of his presence comes from. That's where we start seeing it's about you, Jesus, not about the results you can bring. So keep watching worship. We want to keep watch for the king, keep watch for what he's doing, but also worship him in the meantime. Worship him before the suddenly ever shows up because church, it's not about the gift. It's not about results. It is about the gift giver. It is about Jesus at the end of the day. So I'm not out here looking for him to do something. I'm just out here to serve him, live for him, and love him. All right. It goes on. Verse 15. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. I like this. So the angels leave. They go into heaven. Goodbye. Peace out, angels. The shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem. All right. This is where they're saying to go. That's where the star is landing. I'm going to follow the star. I'm going to do exactly what the, God told me to do. I like these words. It's uh, the wording in verse 16. So they hurried off. So they hurried off and followed. So I have an application point for you today. And I'm sharing this with you because it challenged me when I was reading this. I'm going to let you into my own personal soap as I was soaping through the scripture. How long does it take you to obey God? How long? So what I mean by this is when he speaks to you, when you get a rhema word from God, where when God opens his mouth through his Holy Spirit and speaks to your spirit, speaks to your heart, how long does it take you to obey what he says? And, you know, I'm kind of reflecting on a couple of things like what God has been saying to me in, in previous seasons, current seasons, and, you know, obviously nothing bad, just reflecting on what he said. And I start like looking through and thinking, okay, if he said that, I want to be faithful to that. 
And I have a saying that I have used for the past few years. If God is not speaking, I remain faithful to the last thing that he said. And if I'm looking for God to do something in the next, I have to be faithful to the previous. And sometimes that previous is your next and just remaining faithful to what he said. So I just want to ask you and challenge you today. How long does it take you to obey God? When you're inside of the word, when you're reading this book and the Holy Spirit speaking to you, he's illuminating the text. And when he's showing you maybe about patience towards family, love towards family, and you're reading, it's like, man, you want to know what? That cousin. Every time I'm around him at family parties and Lord knows next week is the week. Next Sunday is Christmas. And I sit down at the table and he starts sharing his stories and he drives me crazy. When he talks, it's like nails on a chalkboard. However, what the Bible says <laughs> is to listen and love him. Because I know it's none of us, right? Where the Bible says to listen and love him. How long does it take us to obey? That when we sit down at the table and we sit down with that person, when he, the Bible tells us to tithe, when the Bible tells us to give our first fruits, when the Bible tells us uh, to obey Jesus, how long does it take us to obey? Because that timeline and what I'm finding is as we mature in Christ and grow in Christ, the time from speaking to the, to the time of obedience starts to shorten, you know, because we start knowing and trusting the voice of the shepherd. What is it Jesus says? I will know my sheep and they will know my voice, right? The sheep will know the voice of the shepherd. And when the sheep hear the voice of the shepherd, as we start growing in Christ, that time between hearing and obeying starts to shorten. The gap starts to get smaller. So I just want to challenge you. How long does it take you to obey? If you are real with yourself, when God speaks to you about something you don't want to do, like being so very transparent, like I don't want to do this. Uh, God, this is not my plan. It's not my agenda. This is not comfortable. Uh, <clears throat> maybe it's like, just like Deb said, uh, outside of my comfort zone, how long does it take you to step into it? And, uh, uh, you know, I want to kind of highlight something here because the enemy's goal, when it comes to us obeying Jesus, you know, the enemy does not have to get us to believe in him believe that's not really in his wheelhouse. That's not in his tool belt. It's not what he's looking for. What the enemy needs is for us to not believe in Jesus. That's, that's really his goal and his killing and stealing and destroying and his mission. And something that kind of partners with what the enemy does is disobedience, right? When we disobey God, we are not following in the plan of God. Uh, but church, I want to tell you something today. Delayed obedience is still disobedience. So when God says, do this, and we say, maybe, you know, I'm going to pray about it for six months, and then maybe I'll do it. No, when God says, do it, it's time to jump. It's time to run. It's time to go. The reason God was speaking to the shepherds, the Magi, was because it was time for them to go to Bethlehem. Church, today might be the day. It's time for you to step in. It's time for you to say, I'm not delaying anymore when I serve the God of suddenly. And he's suddenly speaking. He's suddenly showing up. He's suddenly changing identities. And it's time for me to step into what he's suddenly saying. And I don't want delayed obedience to become my disobedience. So how long does it take for you to obey God? All right. Verse 17. When they had seen him, meaning Jesus, 
they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. I love this. This is like this passage area. It's so packed with different points. It goes everywhere from uh, meeting with God, meeting with his angels, <laughs> to obeying him, to now spreading the word. It's so good. It's like literally you have like, like uh, a value-driven passage. So they saw Jesus. And right after seeing him, they go and spread the word about Jesus. And I just want to ask you a question. Uh, now that you have uh, seen Jesus, are you spreading the word about him? Now that you've seen who he is, now that you've received him, now that you know who he is, have you spread the word concerning him? Because, uh, church, this word concerning Jesus is a word of hope. It's a word of peace. It's a word of joy. Uh, and we don't want to hold on to it just for ourselves. It is not a good thing that we hold on to the message of Jesus without sharing it with other people. You know, uh, I have a friend of mine and he's, I, I love this man. I mean, he, he should basically be a Christ follower. Like his values are incredible. They're so biblically, biblically based and he has no idea. And yet he's an atheist. And this guy, I, I just, I love him to death. Um, we were talking about the gospel. We were just talking about God and I was just getting his thoughts because I have no problem just asking. And I use, I try to walk low just as a form of trying to start faith-based conversations. Like, Hey, what do you think about the Bible? Hey, what do you think about Jesus? And what's really cool is just asking questions like that. His girlfriend, <laughs> you got to know how to win them. His girlfriend is starting to get him on the edge or uh, she's starting to get on the edge of like, she's like, well, no, I want to come to church. I want to come check your church out. Like, when do you guys have stuff going on? So now we're getting her in the door and let's be honest, right? We get her in the door. We're going to get him in the door. <laughs> so uh, I was asking him questions. I'm like, hey, man, like, what do you think about the faith? Like, what, what's 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 up? And he starts sharing his opinions. You know, oh, I think it's a way of controlling people and this and that. And it's all good. Like, listen, share your honest thoughts. How can we have open, real conversation if you're not real? So he's sharing his real thoughts. And as I'm sharing the message of Jesus, he says this remark. I've never heard it put like this. He's like, so many times I've heard it put like, I have to follow rules. Don't do this. Don't do that. All you have told me is as if I'm meeting with a person, like I'm meeting with you now. And I was like, oh my gosh, Holy Spirit. Like only you could reveal that. <laughs> like only you could show that to someone. And I said, yeah, man, he's about hope, peace, and joy. And listen, yeah, do we have to start changing our lifestyle? But God is not after behavior modification. He's after soul transformation. And church, we cannot expect people's behavior to change before their hearts do. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Uh, when I was referencing uh, Saul turning into Paul, when he got the S knocked off of his name, he was killing Christians. He was killing them, persecuting them. That's why Jesus said, why do you persecute me? Like, you understand when you mess with my people, you mess with me. <laughs> so he was saying, he's like, watch, watch this. You're going to find out what you have to go through from the mission I have on your life, right? You have to have some boldness. And uh, uh, as he was speaking to him, he's speaking the message of hope to Paul, but he didn't expect Paul to be his apostle before he knocked the S off his name. And we have to have those moments where the light shows up and give people space to walk in their own time where they're hearing from God and then quickly obeying, right? 
but it comes from spreading the word. And I, I just kind of want to challenge you in this. Now that you've seen Jesus, who are you spreading the word to? The Christmas season is like the perfect time to do it. I mean, the perfect. <laughs> it's right during the Christmas season. And I, I'm going to reveal myself a little bit here. Uh, I'm a nerd at heart, if you haven't noticed already. So 38% people are 38% more stressed out uh, during Christmas or excuse me, 38% of the population of America is more stressed out during Christmas, which means close to 50% of the population is on edge. Y'all, we carry the Holy Spirit who is perfect peace. What a perfect way to deal with stress when you have perfect peace inside of you. And you carry this message of perfect peace that you get to share with people. And so many times we kind of want to walk up to people and evangelize in such a way like, do you need this perfect peace today? Uh, church. I'm going to tell you something, bake some cookies, knock on your neighbor's door, say, hey, love you. Merry Christmas. Just wanted to bring some Toll House by. You like chocolate chip or you like the peanut butter chunk one? I'm a peanut butter chunk boy right here. You better believe I'm going to Walmart right when I hop off the call. <laughs> it's time for cookies for breakfast. Uh, drop some cookies off and just say, hey, could I pray for you for, uh, this Christmas? Could I just like love on you this Christmas? And I know that neighbor has been driving you crazy. Uh, they mow the lawn every month and a half. You know, their lawn gets eight inches high, even though the HOA is like on their back. It doesn't matter. Bring the cookies, love on them, spread the word about this Jesus that you have met and seen. When COVID first hit, this was like, I, I this is why I love the Bible because it's so true. If it wasn't so true and practical, I'd have such a hard time preaching it, but it's so true and practical. COVID hits, we're inside of our house, <coughs> excuse me, and um, uh, as we're there, you know, everyone's kind of freaking out, like, do we go here, do we go there, do we stay inside, do we call somebody, do we hang out with friends, is everyone low-key infected, like, what do we do, you know, everyone's locked down and sitting inside, I remember there was one day, probably a week into it, I'm standing on my back porch and I'm barbecuing. Uh, because what else do you do? Uh, we are bored sitting inside and we may as well cook and eat, right? Hallelujah. And the church said, amen. <laughs> and uh, as I'm grilling up some burgers, my neighbors just start showing up one at a time and they could smell I was cooking from a block away. And they would start saying like, hey, uh, they all knew I was a pastor. They, uh, they wouldn't really talk to me about faith that much, but they all know I was a pastor. And they would say, hey, uh, you know, what, what's going on here? Like, do you know uh, what's happening? Like, you know, what's this whole sickness thing? Is this the end of the world? Is this like, is this it? You know, is the trumpet about a sound? Should I like not put headphones in over the next couple of days so I can hear it? Like what's going on? No joke. These were some of the questions. Um, and it reminded me of the book of Proverbs where it says your neighbors dwell close to you for safety. And here is, mind you, I was maybe 24, 25 grilling burgers on the back porch. And I had the neighborhood on my back deck saying, what do we do? What's the posture? What happened? Can you pray for us? And these people were not Christ followers, by the way, there was not one. I'm not talking about like, oh yeah, like we had a church guy. No, there was not one Christ follower. None of them knew Jesus. And they show up and I start saying, yeah, man, like I have no idea what's happening, but what I know is I serve a good God. Uh, I have no idea what's happening, but, you know, my God is all about healing and he's, this is what he does. Uh, I don't know what's going on in the earth right now, but I know a Jesus that can get us through it. <laughs> and few of them gave their lives to Christ through the situation. 
And I'm sharing this with you because sometimes we are victims to situations when God wants us to be victors over them. And when we posture as a victor before we even know the outcome, people are attracted to that. They love perfect peace. When there's arguing at the dinner table and you're sitting there like, mm, I'm not about this. I'm okay. And you start kind of waving the white flag of peace. Like, hey, come on. This is the flag of my people, the dance of my people. We are about peace here. We are about love here. And you're trying to bring them into it. And it's about spreading that word everywhere you go. So now that you've seen Jesus, who are you spreading the word to? And I, I want to encourage you to say a couple of practicals behind that. A great way to be a part of spreading the message because I recognize we all live different lives, different lifestyles, work schedules, especially during the winter time. Uh, because God bless and church, if you're not already, I encourage you to do this. For your UPS, Amazon, FedEx drivers, get your care packages going on outside of your door. They are working their tails off this season. Get some goodies at your front door for them. Uh, you know, maybe a couple sodas, you know, Jesus, you can drop in the chat what you want uh, and I'll send them to your house um, <laughs> and uh, all the good stuff that, you know, you just want to bless them with, get it at the front door so you can love on some people. And, you know, Shad and I usually put a sign out just saying, hey, we love you. We're praying for you. Uh, here's some stuff for you. And, you know, here and there we'll leave gift cards and stuff like we just want to love on you guys. Because it's all about the love part, right? Spreading the word of Jesus. It's a practical way of trying to get people to know we're in your corner. So spread the message of Jesus <coughs> through that. Connect with your neighbors. Bring some cookies. Another one, because we work some crazy schedules, uh, get a part of our Hope and Peace Christmas offering that's coming up. I can't emphasize this enough. Uh, because church, I say this avidly, you know, I'm not a person of millions, but I'm a person of mites. And what I do have belongs to Jesus. And when we see such great transformation happening inside of our own backyard, I want to be a part of it. So we have coming up our hope and peace Christmas offering. Dive into it. You know, whenever I have an opportunity to give above where I'm already at, give above what I'm currently putting out, Shannon and I, we just thank God for even an opportunity to sow, an opportunity to say, yes, I, I'm putting water on fertile ground because wherever I put a seed and put water inside of it, God brings growth and harvest. Dive into uh, uh, what, like how much God wants you to give. Her and I, our posture is normally this. Our question is never, should we give? Our question is almost always, how much should we give? Like, how, how God, do you want us to be a part of it? So I really encourage you. You may not be a person of millions, but you may be a person of mites, just like me. Ask God what to do with your mites. Another way to spread the word of Jesus, have a running prayer list of who you're actively engaging with, with the good news of Jesus. Have a running prayer list. Uh, you could ask me any day of the week, let me see your prayer list and I could pull that thing up. Me and my prayer list, we get along very well. <laughs> we are very good friends. And some of you on this call even know, I have this prayer list. I pray for so many of you every single day. And when God answers it, I have a little section I put it in highlighted with an answer prayer. So that whenever I face a situation, I can go down to those answer prayers and put courage inside of myself that if God answered it before, why won't he answer it now? So I encourage you, have a running prayer list of who you're praying for to come to know Jesus. 
because not only have we seen him, we want other people to see him. All right, we're going to close on this verse, verse 19. Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mary treasured what she saw and she pondered them in her heart. This was how special it was for the Magi to come. This is how special it was for these shepherds to show up. Uh, she treasured the moments leading up to the birth of the Son of God inside of her heart and pondered them often. And I just want to challenge you with a question today. What do you treasure? Uh, what do you ponder on? Many times you can know what you treasure based on what you think about and what you dwell on uh, and where your time is spent. Um, you know, we have a, a, an old preacher message, the time, treasure, and talent, or time, talent, and treasure, uh, where we sink our time into things, we sink our talent into things, and our treasure into things. Uh, and I just want to ask you today, what do you treasure within your own heart? You know, a lot of us would say Jesus, which is incredible, uh, but sometimes the things that we treasure are trauma. Sometimes the things we treasure are bitterness because that's the thing we dwell on most. That's the thing we think about most is these things. And that's what we ponder most. And I, I just want to share with you today. Let Jesus become the treasure of your heart today. Let Jesus become the one you ponder today. Let his peace, his joy, his hope be the thing that you reflect on today. And as we go through this Christmas season, we are in the home stretch. Next week is the last week. I hope your shopping is done. Uh, mine isn't, but I hope your shopping is done. <laughs> and as you're going through, pushing through the malls and doing everything, treasure Jesus as you do it. Treasure God. Ponder on what he's done. I can't even emphasize to you enough. Journal what he says to you. Journal what he does inside of your life. So you know, this is my God. I can ponder back. I can look at what he does. Let Jesus be your treasure. Let Christ be the center of Christmas. Amen, church. All right. So just quick recap, quick, quick, quick recap. Applications. Keep watch and worship. Watch out for Jesus. Worship him as we wait for the God of suddenly to show up. Application uh, two. How long does it take you to obey God? When he speaks, what's the time frame between when he speaks to when I follow? Uh, next one. Now that you have seen Jesus, are you spreading the word? Have a running list, have a running, you know, in your mind. This is who I'm actively praying for to come to know Christ. And last one, what are you treasuring inside of your heart? What carries the throne inside of your heart? You know, we would all like to say Jesus, but sometimes when we dig down in there, sometimes our emotions are sitting on that throne. Sometimes past experiences are sitting on that throne. And we really want to ask a super real question. What do I treasure within myself? Amen. All right, let's pray. God, thank you for each and every person on this call. Holy Spirit, I pray that uh, you would do what you do best. Bring wisdom, bring revelation. <coughs> and Lord, just speak to us. Your servants are listening. God, just speak to us. And God, I, I pray that as we're diving into the last week of Christmas, Lord, I just pray you would begin to lay people on our hearts to invite to church, lay people on our hearts to love, lay people on our hearts to start creating real life change with. And God, I just pray that you would go before us before we even get there to talk to them. That when we approach them, Holy Spirit, you are already speaking to them the message we're getting ready to bring. And Lord, I just pray that you would uh, uh, help us treasure you inside of our hearts. Help us make you the main thing. Help us seat you on the throne of our hearts. Because Jesus, you alone are worthy for that spot. You alone are precious for that spot. 
So God, we give you honor. We give you praise today. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And go get some treats by your door for your delivery drivers. Hallelujah. Amen, Jesus. <laughs> All right, y'all. God bless you. Have a great day. Bye.